Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Time. It's a currency that's finite. You can be the richest man in the world or the poorest. Neither of you have the ability to add any more time to your life. Each day has so many hours, each year so many days, and each lifetime so many years. We can live a healthy life, we can make good decisions, but in the end, we can't add any more time to our life. And that's why it's so important that everything we spend our lives doing be worth our time. But it's a harder question to answer than you might think. Consider, for example, going to your job, well, that's worth your time because you earn money and that money pays for your family's lifestyle. But what if you hate your job and it's making your lifestyle miserable? Then is it really worth the time you're spending there? Consider your hobbies, something that you love to do. Going fishing, going hunting, those are my hobbies. And I look at them as something that's worthwhile because I get to enjoy my life and maybe bring some food home. Other people think that fishing is a complete waste of time. Maybe they like to golf. And yet I would look at the golfer and think walking around a big golf course trying to push little balls into holes was a complete waste of time. You see why this is such a tough question to answer. Is this worth my time? And yet that is the question that we have been trying to answer since we started the show back almost three years ago now. In almost every episode of Homesteady, we've brought Accountant Mike on when talking about these different homesteading subjects, and we've asked him to help us break them down, number by cold hard number, and figure out whether or not he thought the endeavors we were doing on our homesteads were actually worth our time. And the way that Accountant Mike rates things versus the way that maybe you or I might, well, that can be very different. just joined the Prepper Broadcasting Network. For the next two months, we're trying out something new. We're podcasting a live stream to YouTube. So when me and Mike and our guests sit down to make this podcast, we're doing it live. And you're welcome to join us Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on the Homesteady Show. We'd love for you to join us for that live stream. So last week, we sat down, me and Mike, and we talked about this because we had received a bit of fan mail that hit us pretty hard. As soon as we release the episode, the angry emails start pouring in. Fans who tell us, guys, you forgot to consider this fact, and why didn't you include this? 
And most of the time, we just write these people back and say, you're right, we should have thought of that. Never before, though, has an email smacked us down so hard as Emily's. Two weeks ago, we released a podcast all about the family cow. We did an economic breakdown of whether or not it made sense to own one, and Accountant Mike gave it a big thumbs down. A day later, we received an email from Emily Long, someone who owns a family cow, just tearing apart our breakdown, telling us, guys, you failed. And so what did we do? We invited her on the show. crazy place but you and me we can each make it a little better we can live a more sustainable life we can become more self-sufficient we can get more connected with the planet around us and we can do all of this together so everybody cozy up it's time for another episode of homesteading emily are you here with us hey guys emily long is a homesteader from missouri She's a homesteady pioneer, one of the amazing people who help us keep producing this show week after week. And she has written us in the past many friendly, nice emails. Her and her husband have a homestead in Missouri. They have chickens, they have cows, and a lot of what they're planning to do in the future has been inspired by things that she heard on the homesteady show. And that's why she was so angry when she heard our breakdown about cows this this is a this is a new precedent here you wrote a smackdown email so well that you got invited onto the show i figured as long as it was me and accountant mike both getting the smackdown he had to sit there next to me and endure it and so he was there for the entire episode emily told us what got her started homesteading um, so right smack dab in the middle of the United States and uh, we have um, just three acres and on that three acres right now we have a small garden um, that we'll be putting in this spring actively working on that now and seed starting. Um, we got chickens um, first thing and then uh, we added the cow. It does seem like a bit of a jump to go from a couple chickens to a cow and Emily admits it wasn't exactly the original plan. A lot sooner than I anticipated due to some crazy turn of events. Um, we weren't planning on getting her until um, this year in 2017, um, but we ended up with her last year. And so now we have a cow. <laughs> what kind of crazy turn of events do you have to go through to end up with a cow at the end? <laughs> well, so kind of like, um, Austin's wife, I may or may not have sent an email to some people who had cows <laughs> just to see what their price range was so that we could start saving for a oh, cow. No. Because I, yeah, because I wanted to know, um, you know, how much the, this particular farm's cows were because they're very high, high quality. I knew they would be more than what you'd find on Craigslist. And so I was like, okay, what's the target goal here? We need to start saving money. So, right. um, I sent them an email and then talked to them on the phone and it turned out they had a girl that they were selling at a reduced price simply because um, they did not want to overwinter her. And so um, it was kind of one of those, you know, you get it now, you're going to save uh -oh. quite a bit of money. And uh -oh. so I kind of twisted hubby's arm a little bit so, and she's here. 
So the the people on the other end of that phone line were pretty good salespeople, I guess. Is what yes. ended up happening. <laughs> How They're much is it? People. Actually, I'll take it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm an internet marketer by trade, and one of the techniques we learn early when learning how to become a marketer is scarcity. Let people know that this is an offer that they could grab now, but it won't be here long. I got a feeling, a sneaky suspicion, the cow people are onto the whole scarcity thing. What you're talking about right now, Emily, is very, very similar. Uh, my wife and I have had s- such a similar conversation. The email started, oh, just, just learning about cows. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing these emails. Well, you could pick it up next week. And I'm like, what? And, uh, and then we're getting the same. This must be a marketing technique of cows. <laughs> <laughs> We've been getting the emails. Well, this cow is a, would be a discount if you could take it now. And buy, act now, and uh, you'll get half price. <laughs> Throw the second calf in for free. You'll be saving so much money if you act quickly. Don't delay. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Totally fell for it over here. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Were you, was this a, you and your husband both on the same page? We're like, yes, we want to bring this into our family. Or was this like something that you were interested in doing and kind of researching? So the whole farm was something that I wanted to do. (laughs) And my husband is wonderfully supportive and understands the value and being more sustainable and wanting to take take things into our own hands. And so um, he was like, you know what? I don't have anything holding us here. We were then in Dallas, Texas. And so we were in the middle of the city and he said, we don't have anything holding us here. Let's just move back home and start a farm if this is what you want to do. So the whole thing was my idea. and he even still sometimes walks into the house and is like, we for real have a cow out there. <laughs> it's still strange for Emily's husband to see a cow in the yard. But not for Emily. This is something she wanted long before she was even at her homestead. I, mean, I knew I wanted a cow two years before we moved to the farm. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like as soon as we could get her here, I was ready for her. Um, it was more of me having to twist my husband's arm, <laughs> like I said. The cow just seemed like the right animal for Emily. Man, for so many reasons. I did not want to have goats on our farm. Um, I Goats um, don't speak to me like other animals do. Like for me, um, like it's like what, like this is gonna sound maybe fruity, but it's like what speaks to me, you know? And the goat is just um, cantankerous and rambunctious and jumps over fences and you have to have crazy expensive fencing. And I was just like, ah, no, no, no. So that was number one. I did not want to have to deal with that. Number two, it was um, their personality. I like that the, the, the cow for the most part is a calm, serene, peaceful animal, um, whereas the goats have a lot more personality. And I wanted that presence on our farm, just the, the mm-hmm. calm essence to our farm um and also um one word butter um i wanted the butter i did not want to have to buy an expensive cream separator to get cream from a goat i wanted that natural separation um because we are heavy butter ice cream and sour cream users in our house and so it was it was like i need the cream baby i need the cream (laughs) i uh i was you know doing doing my research i was looking at your guys instagram feed and I saw a picture, a, a meme that said, if anyone, something along the lines of, if anyone questions your butter usage, cut them out of your life immediately. So- <laughs> yes, I remember posting that. Yes. <laughs> so we won't, we won't question your butter usage. Emily's cow's name is Caroline. 
And Emily is a little bit newer to the whole cow ownership experience. She's only had her for a few months now. She's a first year um, heifer, so she is pregnant right now. Um, she is due to calve in June. And she, um, yeah, her name is Caroline Faith. We got her December 8th of 2016. So we have not had her very long, um, but she has been here for a couple of months and is well settled in at this point. Now it's true Emily's only owned the cow for a few months, but she has been doing her research, her hands-on learning for a long time to prepare for this. Two, three and a half years ago, when this journey kind of started for me, we were um, then living in Southern Missouri and it was a real food kind of light bulb just switched. I went on a rampage that night, cleaned out our entire kitchen. Um, and one night threw everything in a box in the trash and we just went real food. And in the process of searching out real food, I came across homesteading blogs. And there was a little spark in my mind that said, oh, maybe I could do that one day. And I was like, then I put it off and I was like, oh, heck no, that is so crazy. I would never be able to do that. I don't even know how to bake bread from scratch. Okay, so six months later, we moved to Dallas. Awesome. And it was um, in moving to Dallas that I was introduced to a real food co-op where they take food from around the Dallas area and bring it to one location and you go pick up your food every week. So we were getting grass fed and finished beef, raw milk, raw butter, you know, the whole nine yards. And while I was in Dallas is when I was introduced to the local food movement. It all started for me in Dallas when I visited that raw milk dairy farm. Um, and I was like, I think I could do this. Emily has been doing her due diligence in the research department. And I just remember um, saying, okay, what is one thing I could do now to prepare for my homestead one day in animals? And the first thing that came to my mind was cheese making. Oh. So I Googled cheese making classes in Dallas and um, I ended up taking a class on hard cheese making. And um, from there, um, I took a t ended up taking a ton of classes at this institute on homesteading, from keeping the cow to keeping chickens to orchards and vineyards to gardening. And I took tons of classes. And so to prep for this, I also read as much as I could. In addition to the classes, I ran the numbers. I um, read tons of books, tons of blogs, um, visited the farms. You know, I mean, it was an extensive process. All the while, we were in a one-bedroom apartment in Dallas, Texas. Um, I even bought my milk buckets while we were in Dallas, and the farm was nowhere on our radar. Like, this was oh happening. Oh, boy. That's <laughs> commitment. Warning to any of you listeners. If your significant other has purchased milk buckets... Warning sign. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that has all, so you were doing as much as you could. And I love that because for anybody listening, who's in that same spot now in their life where they're like, you know, they watch the YouTube channels and they listen to the podcasts and they're enjoying all this, the idea of all this, but they're not able to do it. That's a great way to do it. Go visit farms, take classes, uh, get as much experience as you can before it's actually your own. Because sometimes you might, if you get enough experience, you might realize, well, maybe I don't want to do this, but I really want to do that or uh, vice versa. So that's a great way to do it. Emily shows you a very good way. If you have a homestead dream or a homestead goal that you want to turn into a reality, and right now you're not living somewhere where it can be a reality, well, get your hands dirty. Go take classes at local farms, read books, do as much as you can because that's all great preparation, getting you closer to the goal where one day your milk buckets that you already bought for your cow are actually being used milking your cow.
And we're going to talk about milking that family cow when we come back from a word from our sponsors. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Right now, we are doing a weekly podcast. We're trying this out for two months, and we want to see if it's something we can do sustainably. That means all the time we take out of our week, and we're a big team. It's me and my wife here. It's Accountant Mike. It's Alexia who does the blog write-ups. And we even have a new team member, Allison, who's helped us with the audio editing of the weekly podcast. The ability for all of us to take time out of our schedules throughout this week is dependent on your support. And you can support us without spending any extra money. Here's how. Next time you're going to Amazon to buy something that you're already going to buy, before you go to Amazon.com, type in Amsteady.com. Am like Amazon and Steady like Homesteady. In the millisecond that you hit return, you'll be forwarded to Amazon. But Amazon will make a note of the fact that we were the ones who sent you there. And then whatever you purchase, we'll get a small commission. It won't cost you an extra penny, but Amazon will take a little bit of what they make from the sale and give it to us as a thanks for sending you to Amazon. It costs you nothing extra, but it helps us keep producing this show. So if you love what we do and you want to support us, before you shop on Amazon, maybe you're going to buy something for your garden this year. Maybe you're going to buy an aquaponic system. Maybe you're going to buy just some of your regular groceries, some toilet paper, whatever it is. Head to amsteady.com first and then do your regular shopping and you will be helping us to continue producing the Homesteady Show. I thank you so much for doing that. Emily's letter to us didn't focus so much on her own personal experience because she's still in the early stages of owning a family cow. Sure. So she is now, she'll be two years old in June also. So she's due to calve right around her second birthday. Um, so whatever that puts her, she's a year and nine months, I guess, um, right now. It's been going really well. We have had some getting to know each other issues and me being completely new to um, livestock in general and a very large animal in at all. Um, it's been a learning process. Um, just learning how to read her, learning to get to, I mean, get to know this large animal that you have to respect, but you also have to be the boss of. She can be downright cantankerous at times and, you know, she needs some discipline. And um, I've been, I've had some wonderful mentors that, did, that work with me to help me know how to work with her and handle her. But Owning a cow is a lot of work and it's not without its hardships. And Emily's already experienced a little bit of that. She did get um, shipping pneumonia because she spent five days on a trailer getting to us. And um, I didn't know she was sick just due to plain 
me being ignorant. You know, I just didn't know. And so um, that was hard, just a big slap in the face, like Emily, you know, I mean, it, it was just hard realizing that there was nothing I could do just because I didn't know. That was an issue. I mean, she was sick for a good month just simply because I didn't catch it early because I was, I was ignorant. <laughs> Emily didn't do anything wrong here. This is pretty standard when you get into the world of livestock. You don't really know what you're looking for. And it doesn't matter. You can do all the research, take as many classes. There are things that are still going to slip by you. I don't know that I could have changed anything, to be honest with you. I mean, I was so diligent that I was shocked that I didn't recognize when a cow was coughing versus when she was burping up her cud. You know, and it was one of those things where I was like, is she coughing? Is she, David, is she coughing? <laughs> you know, and, and for me, I didn't know. Um, this is a good note for all you potential cow owners, if your cow is coughing, you need to start treating that immediately. That is not a, see for me, when I realized she was coughing, there was a couple of days there, oh, it's no big deal. She just has a little cough, you know, but no, 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 no. If your cow is coughing, you need to be calling your vet if you do conventional care or seek out natural treatment if you choose to go that route. For me, um, we go natural, but because we had let it go for so long without realizing it, we had to do the antibiotics. And that was a huge kick in the pants for me, who's very anti that. So um, it, it's just, we, we just didn't know. I don't know that was, there's something I could have done different, to be honest with you. We had with our pigs last year, We've and we've been doing pigs for years, but we had last year in the process of bringing them on farm, it was a cooler day and same kind of thing. They caught pneumonia and it was our first time experiencing that. Fortunately, we had done pigs for years, so we were able to see right away something was up and there was a cough involved. And uh, we same thing, we wound up having to give them, uh, that batch had to give some antibiotics to take care of it because uh, that's the kind of thing where they can live or they can die. Uh, but yeah, it, those are those are part of the growing pains of having livestock. It's all these growing pains, all this extra work that livestock brings to your life that we focused on last time when doing this breakdown. Me and Mike were thinking about taking care of this enormous mammal, and we were comparing all that work and all that stress only to the benefit of saving money on milk that you purchased. Um, but basically, Mike and I went through this idea of should someone buy a cow off the idea of, well, will they save money on milk? And, you know, in retrospect, yeah, that there are so many more things that a cow brings to a family, but they also are a lot of work. So we went, we did this breakdown. Uh, we, we talked whether or not, you know, what could you save with what you're spending your family's milk products? What would you save? And accountant Mike was like, no, there's no way having a cow is worth it. And that's when we got the email. And so what we're going to do, we're going to dive into this email that we received from Emily, the email that sparked the the rematch of whether or not a cow. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Mike, did I even send you the email? You should get you did. it. I have it. I'm yeah. looking at it. You need to get all the angry emails. It's brutal, but why? <laughs> People are angry at you. This is your show. I'm just a guest. <laughs> Everyone must know who's watching or listening. A, there's probably 30 smiley faces in this email. So it was definitely like she was letting us know. Emily is a huge fan. She's been a longtime supporter of Homesteady, and uh, which is one of the reasons why we took this email so seriously. If she was somebody we'd never heard of and they were like, you guys are idiots. You know, but the other reason we took it seriously was because her points were spot on. So Emily, let's get into the email. And if you wouldn't mind, we're going to have you read it to the audience. You got it. 
There were six. Do you see this, Mike? There were six. I'm You're looking the accountant. at it. Can you confirm? Six yeah, exclamations six. behind her ost. Go on, Emily. <laughs> ost, I have to point out that apparently your family doesn't use butter, cream, yogurt, kefir, ice cream, sour cream, cream cheese, or mozzarella cheese. You don't use any of these ever? I'm going to guess that you do. And that should be considered in the economics of it because they are all very easy to make from raw milk. Okay, now before you go on, I actually have one of these family members here next to me. I got to ask you a question. Do we use yogurt? Yes. Yes. Can you talk into the mic here? You're going to do some podcasting here. Do we do do we use ice cream? We have ice cream. We have ice cream. Nice. How about uh ice cream? Ice cream. How about sour cream or cream cheese? It was true. Our family is a huge consumer of all things dairy. And so, yes, we forgot to include in the breakdown many things that we would enjoy eating from our own family cow. And you can't just compare the cost of the junk at the store. If you find local better, I bet you're going to pay around 5 or $6 a pound for it. Not to mention the hard cheeses that you can learn. Around here, it is $5 for an eight, ounce, eight ounces of raw cheese. We don't buy it, LOL. <laughs> so we got cheese. Um, yep, we use cheese. Everyone's using cheese. And you have taken the classes, right, Emily? So you've seen what's, what it's like to make these cheeses? Yes. What, what's the easiest cheese to make? The easiest, are we talking hard or soft cheeses here? Both. Which, which are the two easier ones? Um, soft cheese as a whole, the, as a group, is the easier cheese to make. Um, included in that is yogurt and kefir. Those are soft cheeses. Um, also, cream cheese is a soft cheese, and mozzarella is a, considered a soft cheese. Mm. And all those easier to make than the hard cheeses. Have you done hard cheese yet? I have. I did take a class on hard cheese and I practiced it for um, a while. But um, when you're buying raw milk at, you know, seven to eight dollars a gallon um, from your local farmer, that gets pretty pricey when it takes four gallons to make a block of cheese. Yeah. Unless it's your own cow. These were all good points and they kept on coming. More from the letter. All right. You may have talked about compost and organic fertilizers. I can't remember, but it, but you won't need to buy that either. What do you get from the cow that's gonna take care of that? Her big old poo pies, that's for sure. <laughs> Plenty of we are currently, um, this entire winter, we have a section of the garden that we are planning not to use this year. And we have been taking all of her manure out of, um, she has a big straw bed in the pasture and she wastes hay and she poos in it. And so we've been taking all of that out of, scooping it out and dumping it on our garden to, and then we're gonna let that rest all year. So we haven't begun composting it yet, but we're gonna let it so-called compost in place um, on a section of the garden for our expansion next year. I want you to know that my son lit up at the mention of poo pies. He thought that was great. So. <laughs> our, our producer's really now, excited. Now this pies. is a podcast. Yes. <laughs> we have his attention. So My sister was excited about poo pies. I she bet. was eating poo pretending I'm a Okay. It's a Shut it down. <laughs> so what go. else? There's plenty of more points we missed. <laughs> <laughs>
Chickens, pigs, and the dogs and cats can all use soured milk as supplemental feed. Great, great point. We have so many animals here that could be, that actually we used to get uh, extra milk from a friend of ours who has cows, so great point. And my point in this one was, even if your milk, if you've let it sit in the fridge too long and has gone soured, that milk does not go to waste. And I did miss a point here, um, is that milk can also be used as a fertilizer in your garden. Um, if you dilute it, halvesies, you can just pour that right on your garden and it has all that beneficial microbes and bacteria. And so literally none of your milk ever goes to waste on the farm. Even Emily hmm. missed things. So if Emily missed things, we don't have to feel so bad, Mike. Touche. <laughs> also, if someone's goal is sustainability, then the level of sustainability that a cow offers to the family is incredible. Hmm. This is a great point, and at the same time a hard one to put a dollars and cents figure on. One of the best things about living this homesteading life is you're creating a more sustainable lifestyle for your family. If times were to get tough, well, you can feed your own family from your land. And that... Well, that's just priceless. Also hard to punch that into a spreadsheet. And did you know that in a crisis situation, you could survive on milk alone? I am not saying it would be fun, but it is a complete food. Oh, sign me up to not survive that crisis. <laughs> For our longtime listeners, you know this. Mike has frequently mentioned that he has absolutely no interest in being prepared for the apocalypse. No. He doesn't want no. to be around for it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> when the zombies come, he's like, going to walk outside, announce, here I am, and uh, that'll be that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Accountant Mike doesn't want to live in a world where he's forced to eat only the milk from his family cow. But don't forget, milk isn't the only thing you can eat from the family cow. All right. Um, we paid um, $1,200 for a half of a beef to put in our freezer. So that wasn't a whole cow, that was just a half. And that, and that included um, the, the sale to the farmer and that included um, the processing, which, but our processors here are so, so reasonable. So um, I think we paid like $125 to our processor for wow. a half a beef. And, and this is what, you kind of sum it up in the letter here. And I, I like how you name all these different things. And the point was we had left a lot out of the equation. And then why don't you pick it up from there, Emily? I like how you kind of summed it up here. Um, my point is you guys left out a lot um, out of the equation on the family milk cow. I'm not saying accountant Mike would end up giving it a thumbs up, but it should be considered to give it a fair assessment. Emily's point was spot on. The first time through, we had left out so many of the benefits that the family cow brings. And for accountant Mike to really give this a true thumbs up or thumbs down, he at least had to be able to consider all these additional benefits that a cow can bring to a family. And it was that reason that Emily wrote us in the first place. Not to be an angry troll, but to just let us know that there was way more to consider that we had forgotten about. But anyway, I am so sorry for the reprimand on this video, but I believe a more thorough comparison is needed. One cannot just take into account the milk from the cow to see if she is worth it. That is very short-sighted, my friends. <laughs> I am completely shocked someone else did not mention the other dairy products during the live feed. <laughs> I'm calling for a redo, or at least an amendment with accountant Mike added for the podcast. I hope you know I love you guys, and I don't mean to be critical, but you guys have done a crazy good price analysis for other enterprises on the homestead and I want to hold you to that. Please forgive me if I have offended you. <laughs> Emily's outcry was heard. She got her redo 
and we're going to find out what Accountant Mike's ruling is on that redo when we come back from our break. Homesteady Pioneers, I have a special announcement for you. We have a new benefit to the Homesteady Pioneer program. So as you know, as a Homesteady Pioneer, you get bonus episodes of the podcast and videos and classes, and you get discounts on stuff that you're buying for your homestead. Now we are going to have every week after we do at 9 o'clock Eastern our live stream over on YouTube, a Pioneers Only After Show where we all get together We can talk about homesteading. We'll have the special guest each week join us for the after show. They can answer your questions. After this episode, me, Mike, and Emily sat with Pioneers, chatted about cows. We answered their questions about cows and their homestead. You're welcome to join us. All you have to do is plan on being there 10 o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday nights. I'll send you an invitation to your email. Join us for the after show get together where you can talk with me, Accountant Mike, and our special guest, all about the topic that we discussed in that night's episode, or any other topic that you might want to bring to us. Want my opinion on your upcoming infrastructure? Go ahead and ask. Want to ask Accountant Mike about whether or not you should jump into the world of running a farm business? He's all ears. It's just another benefit of being a homesteady pioneer. And if you want to get in on this and you're not a pioneer yet, head over to thisishomesteady.com, click on Pioneers up in the menu, There you'll find a link to become a pioneer. It's only $5 a month, and with it you get all kinds of bonuses, extra content, discounts, and now a chance to hang with us every week and talk homesteading. We hope to see a lot of you this Tuesday night as we talk with J.J. Johnson from the Reality Survival Channel on YouTube all about practical prepping. If you want to be more prepared, J.J.'s going to have some great answers for how to get started. I hope to see you Tuesday night, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Okay, first thoughts. I think, similar to what I said last time, I think with cows, a lot of what's going to answer the question about whether it's worth it or not is going to be a question of consumption. So I think this is going to be on a on a homestead-by-homestead homestead basis. Like, how much of these products do you use on a frequent interval? Like, how much uh, cheese do you actually go through? How much butter do you actually go through? How much milk do you actually go through? I think anybody, before they consider any other parts of this equation, they need to answer those questions. And not necessarily, we use two pounds of butter every week or something like that. They need to just have an idea of like, do we use a lot of this stuff? Yes or no. With that number, start to figure out, okay, how much product are we buying every year since we're not actually, you know, building this stuff ourselves. That's my first thought is it's still going to be approaching this from a consumption angle. So maybe, I don't know, do you guys have any idea? How much, how much of this stuff do you use? Cause I feel like Leanne and I use like one stick of butter a month, maybe. So like, get I, out of here. That is simple. We have, we use like one stick of butter a month. We buy the smallest thing of milk that you can buy and it and it goes bad before we can use it all. So <laughs> I think we are below average dairy consumption, I, except for ice cream. I, I responded, Emily wrote in her email, I go through two pounds of butter a week. So oh that, my God. Um, just as an example here, I mean, if I look at 
our family's consumption. All the things that Emily went through here, we could go check, 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 right? So first, just on the milk and the cream, right? Milk, every day we're using milk. Cream in our coffee, in our, well, we don't drink coffee, cream, cre cream in our tea, a bit of a tongue twister. Um, cheese, yes. Sour cream, all those things for sure. But then we have the homestead. So we have the other animals. We raise pigs every year and we spend the biggest expense on pigs when you're raising pigs to sell is their feed bill. I spend on each of my pigs about $350 in feed. And to be able to take grass, because unfortunately you cannot just grass feed pigs, you have to supplement their diet. But if you feed a cow grass, and then you take the milk and you take you separate the whey and you feed that to the pigs that's a high protein feed you can feed pigs on just whey and grass they can get whey and hay there's a farmer who's very popular in this world the homesteading world i believe it's sugar mountain and he does it he feeds his pigs whey and grass and because if, if we could set up a system like this where we had a cow that was eating the grass we separated the whey out fed the pigs the whey and the other grass this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Decova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. That could wipe out, if the, if the match was right, if we had enough milk for the, enough pigs, we could wipe out a huge expense in raising pigs. Mm. So as far as consumption goes, yes, it's going to be different for everybody and for our listeners for sure. But if you're someone like us or like Emily who's got... Emily's homestead is a bit smaller than ours as far as the different livestock numbers, um, but not any, I mean, they had 30 chickens. That's way more than we usually have, unless it's meat birds. So for you, Mike, you're living in the apartment. You guys are not big dairy consumers, but for a family like ours or like Emily's, who's more homesteady, the consumption thing is not going to be an issue. It's going to be worth it. And you know something that uh, that I didn't actually catch when I pre-read Emily's email, but that I thought of while she was reading it now? This is very much an animal that kind of can exist as a support to other ventures. Yeah. Like, if you're able to use this milk in many other ways, if you're able to use it at partially as a fertilizer, and like Austin just said, partially to feed your pigs and partially to feed the other animals... And then if you can make some of your own cheese to cut down on the cost of that, then it, I can start to sort of see a path where this could be a decent decision if you're already established and it's not just your consumption that this animal is going to feed, but also the consumption of your homestead or farm on the whole. 
we're really looking at at least two scenarios here. There's the just starting homesteader, which I think is going to be very hard for me to ever give a thumbs up to that. But then there's like the homesteader who's maybe been doing it for a little while, who has a bigger operation and is thinking of either like going to the next level or making their current setup a little more sustainable. And that's, I think, the area where this becomes a lot harder because I think there is a situation in there where the numbers would actually make sense to do this sort of, uh, make this that. kind of decision. So let's, Emily said in her email, she's not sure whether or not she could convince you that it is a thumbs up. <laughs> let's let you answer that. What do you think in accountant, Mike? Uh, I don't know if I have enough information oh, yet no. to make that decision. <laughs> Any hard numbers you can share with us, Emily, as far as cost goes yeah, for the family what do you cow? Have? The family cow is going to come with a lot of expenses. Here were a few of them. As far as um, feeding the family cow, that is, again, going to really greatly depending on where you're at. Like I've seen like hay as high as like $13 in California, you know, or, you know, around here, a small square bale of hay is four bucks, you know. So, again, feeding the family cow really depends on where you are and where you'll be homesteading um, when you're considering this. So for us to feed our cow on hay, just hay and pasture during the summer, she won't eat a whole lot of hay. So this is um, highballing it where it's going to be about 800 bucks. And that is a highball because she won't eat as much hay in the summer, but she does need it to balance her room in. Mm. Um, so we offer it to her free choice, but she she's not going to take it. Or no, I'm sorry. That was for the winter time when she's eating hay all every day. Okay. Um, my, my cow eats about a half a bale a day, um, I would say, um, because she is the, that small standard a mid mini cow, um, but she also gets um, a fermented alfalfa. Um, so that is a higher priced item, but she wastes absolutely none of it. So I mm. am okay with her eating that. Mm. And so that that was eight hundred and ten dollars was including that as well for that higher um, fermented alfalfa and the hay. And then I averaged about four hundred and forty dollars. Um, during the summer when she's on pasture and she's not getting as much hay, but she is still getting that fermented alfalfa at milking time. And so for a total for the year, it was about $1,200 okay. um, to feed the family cow. This can definitely get pricey. Of course, this isn't the only expense that you have to consider. Okay. Um, so that's not including, you know, her mineral supplements that she needs or the fact that she'll need to be um, rebred or artificially inseminated or, um, or her medical, any, any medical things that come up, you know, that's just mm -hmm. feeding. Right. Feeding direct costs. Okay. Yes. As we were adding on expense after expense, I was worried that there was no way we were going to convince accountant Mike to change his mind. But then we addressed the cost of the cow. Um, you can find cows as cheap as you want them or as expensive you want them, as you want them Good uh, really. So um, that we can't. In our last episode, we were figuring a very expensive kind of cow. For your knowledge, Accountant Mike, there are cows out. We were offered a free cow one time, but um, there are cows out there for six, seven hundred dollars. Yep. Oof. Probably cheaper, maybe cheaper. Yeah, I would say that if your cow is is that cheap, I'm not saying this across the board, but that you're <laughs> gonna have health issues. You you don't want to just buy any run of the mill cow and do. I would highly recommend to not get a cold cow from a commercial dairy. Um, or at live auction. That is one thing I will recommend to the listeners is please don't do that. You are asking for a heartache. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Good, good mm. advice. 
That's um, a whole different ball game. I'm sorry, I totally stepped on your. In radio. this episode, we decided to consider different options. You can spend less money than you would on a car when purchasing your family cow. That is a whole different ball game. Because if memory serves, Austin, you and I were talking about like, yeah, like a, like a six or eight thousand dollar animal, yes. right? There Something were, like that. There were these fancy, fancy five thousand dollar, two th- even two thousand dollar. If you're if you're looking for a good jersey from a local, we have a really nice where we get our raw milk from. He sells jersey right now. He's selling a jersey Devon Cross for somewhere around mm-hmm. seven hundred dollars. So we could get it, and they're good quality, nice animals. We drink their milk already. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 700 is a totally different uh you're I mean you're starting from such a different standpoint. Then yeah. when the bear shows up and eats it, you know, it's a much smaller loss. <laughs> that t-shirt is coming, guys. The t-shirt is coming. <laughs> so, here's the thing. It, it's it's we are talking about a totally different scenario here. So, let me play through to you guys what I'm running through in my head. If we're talking about a homesteading situation where maybe there are several other animals on the farm currently there are some pigs there's some there's some food being grown in the ground there's some goats that i don't know if you could feed anything to these goats but you know there's there's other animals around that could use some of this byproduct then i see a path where this could make a, a much stronger choice not necessarily to actually make you money, but to sort of bring down and equalize your costs all around the farm, right? So Emily's talking about a total cost of like 1200 a year to feed this animal. And let's say this animal produces enough milk that you can it can save you as a family four or $500 a year. Austin, you said it takes you about $400 to um, feed your pigs, right? Something like that, 400, 450. Pig. 350 per pig 350 I, per this pig year i have six out there six pigs yep. so i mean if if your cow can produce enough to cut their cut your pigs feed by one third then you're talking about a 600 savings per for you austin in your situation right. so that's the sort of situation especially if you end up buying this animal for 1500 or 2000 something like that that's a scenario where I can see giving it a green light. Um, it's not going to do it on its own. I feel like I don't know if you could ever really give this a thumbs up on its own. But as a supplement to equalize costs around your farm and to sort of level everything out, I could see giving it a thumbs up in that scenario. And I think that was the point of my email was that when people get a cow, they are not starting out with a cow. This is not going to be their only enterprise. I hope not. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, even if you only have chickens and a couple cats like we do, we want to add ducks and pigs and all sorts of things in the future. Um, But but it's not going to be its sole enterprise. And so that was my point is it's not none of the milk is going to go to waste. Even if you're only consuming $500 worth a year, you're getting more out of that girl. Well, I think she told us uh, told us straight. <laughs> he got smacked down, and and she set the record straight. So, she is the rep. It's like a trial, and it's the people versus homesteady, and homesteady just got smacked down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the best thing you can do if you're considering this is ask yourself, where is that extra milk going? And yeah. If you can handle, if you want to make cheese, great. If you have pigs to feed, great. If you're going to just have the cow and all this extra milk and you're dumping it down the drain or even just like in the garden, but you're not really that good of a gardener, (laughs) maybe then it's going to definitely be a thumbs down. 
So, Accountant Mike, you're going on the record saying thumbs up in a homestead where it's going to be used. Is that is that? Can I quote you on that? Ah, uh, thumbs up in a very specific scenario. There yes. All right, Emily. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for coming on and switching that thumb direction. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. That's what I'm here for. Uh, special thanks, of course, to Emily for joining us, for, for calling out for justice here and getting it live on the air. So, Emily, thanks for joining us for the episode justice. here. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been fun. It was great to have you. Don't forget, you can sit down on all the live recordings. You can check us out at PrepperBroadcasting.com, or you can go to our YouTube channel. Just search Homesteady in YouTube. We stream Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. If you head over to ThisIsHomesteady.com, you can check out the show notes for this episode. And I also want you to check out a blog post called For All the Cows, where we find Alexia, the suburban escapee, who's been exposed to all this cow information over the last couple weeks. And she finds herself thinking, this whole... This whole cow thing sounds appealing. Is Lexi going to get a cow? Head on over to thisishomestudy.com and read the Suburban Escapees' latest posts and podcast write-ups. Since we made the jump to weekly shows, we've been getting some help from Allison Holly. She edited the last episode and this one, and we want to thank her for her help. Homestudy is produced by myself, I'm Aust, and I'm Homesteady, and my wife Kay, who handles editorial and correspondence. As always, thanks to Accountant Mike taking some time out of his busy tax season to help us figure out whether or not we should bring a cow into our farm. I'd send him some milk, but he's lactose intolerant. Until next week, remember, the road is rocky. Make home steady. Monday morning, my family and I were preparing for the big blizzard. There was a lot of snow coming, we decided to go out, get some groceries, stock up on a little extra gas, so we could be prepared for the storm that was about to happen. We had no idea that that was the least of our worries. A couple hours later, we were rushing to the hospital. We're going to talk about what happened and how you and your family can be more prepared for the disaster that is going to happen to you. And we're going to have special guest J.J. Johnson from Reality Survival on to answer your questions on how to make sure that your family is a prepared one. Next week on the Home Study Podcast.